Welcome to the Grace World Podcast. I'm Dan Hewitt. And I'm Becky, his wife. This is episode 16. This is our special Independence Day episode. Hello, everyone. Happy Independence Day weekend celebration. And hi back at you. Mm -hmm. So what do you think of when you think of Independence Day? Oh, I usually go into party mode and try to figure out if we need to have a party and should we decorate and have all the celebration stuff happening. But then, are you asking me what the meaning of Independence Day is? Not necessarily yesterday, nor yet. That's just, what's your reaction for (laughs) that? Uh, Thankfulness, a celebration, um, just a time to reflect on the meaning of our country and all the values that (coughs) come with the beginning of our country. Okay. Which is a very, we're a very new country. Relatively speaking, yes. We have friends from India and we were looking that up and they went back to 4,000 years or something. (laughs) Right, right. That's what, that is fresh on my mind right now, Uh just thinking about our country as um, starting with the independence from England. Of course, we know there were people here before that, and we don't disparage that or we acknowledge that this is like there were inhabitants here before that. It's an an ancient land, but the beginning of America as the United States of America that's what a nice way to cover that's that. That's what we need. That's my yes, job. Yes, Greeks, like I have fr- Greek friends. Hey, Mike. Hey, Dean. Hey, They go back. To tw- that's 2,500 years old. So we're a, a newbie country as far as a country goes. That's for sure. But what does Independence Day mean for you? You, you know what? I always have to think in terms of the thir- first reaction is freedom because mm-hmm. it's the day. Well, it's not the day, but <laughs> it's. When we began separating from England and began having our own country mm-hmm. in our own manner, in our own ways. Right. But I d- was thinking about freedom this morning, and <coughs> I came up with a definition of freedom. Because I think too often in when we say, what does it mean to be free, or what is freedom? There's all sorts of thoughts come to people's head. I think the quickest, fastest answer that would tip be typical is, Freedom means I get to do what I want. That's kind of the most trivial answer of freedom. Mm. But I think I'm looking at, uh, we, we picked up a couple of verses this morning. So now you're segueing from I'm segueing American freedom to, to what is true freedom. What does it really mean to be as free as an individual? Okay, so we're, see how my wife is here to make sure I focus. No, focus. <laughs> you are focused. I'm trying to get you from <laughs> one focused thought to the next. <laughs> I'm right there. Boom. Okay. You know, we have verses like it says in Galatians 5, it says, it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. It is the purpose. So, and uh, 2 Corinthians says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. If the sun sets you, this is John, if the sun sets you free, you'll be free indeed, and so forth. So 
I look at that and say, what does freedom really mean? Because we can go all sorts of weird ways on freedom. Freedom means, oh, I get to do whatever I want. Freedom means I get, you know, there's all sorts of ideas there. But I think the biggest thing that God is trying to communicate with freedom is true freedom is the ability to live out the life that God has given you to be the destiny that God has given you and the purpose that God has given you without being hindered, hampered, or uh, held back from that, hindered in any way. Mm -hmm. And really, if you look at, so here's the simple version of that. Well, it's the freedom to be who you're supposed to be. Yes. And I think sometimes we think in freedom in terms of that, I do whatever I want, but the question is, is what you want in terms of, you know, you may have fleshy, I'll use that word, you may have impure thoughts that may or may not lead you to actual freedom. So you may be free to do certain things, but they do not establish freedom in your life. Mm. So true freedom is not only I have freedom to do something, but the results of my actions keep me free. Okay. So that would be true freedom. Keep you free from what? Bondage. So what is, <laughs> so I guess, right? So we either live our lives, I mean, we'll go back to, I don't know which episode we've talked about this much, but we can either live, a lot of people think, I get to control my life and do whatever I want. And the reality is, is I don't so much control my life, but I pick who gets to be in control. Mm -hmm. Is God in control or we'll throw in a bundle of things, you know, Satan, evil, the world, the flesh, blah, 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 all that stuff. Are they in control? But really of my life. Of my life. Okay, now you're going to have to define what that means. Is God in control? Is God in control? That means is he leading me? Am I being guided? So maybe control. Are you listening and following right. and saying, hey, God, that idea that you have for me, I'm going to follow that idea. That seems right. a little risky maybe. I might have to grow in faith to believe, <coughs> excuse me, that what you're asking me to do or leading me to do uh, doesn't look like that's a good idea, but I'm going to agree with you and follow what you've said either through your word or in my spirit or yeah, Whatever. that's much better because I think, yeah, I Thank don't use the word control because right. we get into some weird theology theology on that one. So our, our selection is what path do we want to head down ultimately? Yeah. Are we heading down the path that is where God wants to go, which is fruitful, abundant? God says, I came to give you life. I came to give it abundantly and so forth. Or is it the choose your own adventure, which is not what God picked for you and your mileage may vary typically <laughs> it's not going to be good so so when you say bondage mm -hmm. um, you're talking about bondage uh, mental bondage emotional bondage yeah. actual physical bondage yeah, let's take Americans a have a hard time okay, understanding let's, let's what that's true bondage is right I mean because we use the terms well, we have slavery, which America had slavery. Right, right. Every back. country had slavery, basically, throughout all of history, virtually. So there was a time when that was a clear, obvious uh, 
not even metaphor. It was a reality that people understood what slavery and bondage really were. Mm-hmm. I think today, if we think about what does it mean to be in bondage to something, I think the clear, uh, the most obvious thing that pops to my mind is something like drug or alcohol abuse. Okay. Okay. You're free, and it's even appropriate, dare I say it, to drink alcohol. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. But there if is a point. If your liver isn't acting up. Huh, if, you're, <laughs> if you don't have <laughs> liver issues, well, you know, there's. Okay, anyway, uh, yes. Throw some caveats on there, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> you said that to me, and I took it so personally because right now <laughs> I'm not taking any alcohol because my liver is trying to recover. Anyway, blah, not blah, blah. Your liver is not recovering from alcohol. Right, from another thing. Anyway, yes. That's, a different, that's a different issue. Sorry, I got a little too personal there. Yes. Okay, so if you are free and even free. it's even appropriate to it's drink even alcohol. Appropriate. Jesus made wine and mm-hmm. drank wine, etc. Mm-hmm. But there's a point where the wine begins to control you. So, right, let's say you have problems in your life or whatever. You start to drink more because it will help numb the pain. You know, essentially, most addictive issues ultimately are that people have ultimately stem from anesthetizing pain. Okay, so you drink more because you're anesthetizing pain in your life. If you're abusing alcohol. If you are abusing it, right? So there's a point where it's like you went from, I had a drink to I'm drinking a lot. Okay. So somewhere that becomes a problem. When it becomes a problem, you may think, well, I can do what I want. I'm free. This is helping with something. But ultimately it starts to control your life and you become in bondage to that item that habit that that, lo- that feeling that of feeling because you've feeling. gone from i need to yeah and it's basically you're trying to have something else deal with your pain and your issues rather than god and so it's kind of a faustian bargain a deal with the Ooh. devil Yes, I'm being very literate here, (laughs) where you make a deal of this alcohol will help me to cope, but there's a cost to that, right? Satan will often make offers of, here, I'll give you this, you know, and then it's like, well, read the fine print because there will be a cost. Mm -hmm. And so you're saying the bondage is the cost. The bondage is the cost, you know, because then what happens is we drink more. It affects your relationships. It affects your work. It affects your health. health. Your it mind. affects your mind. And you really aren't taking care of the pain, which the is pain, really right. the, issue. Yeah, the issue. Yeah, you haven't actually resolved yeah. the issue. You've just basically blunted it, kind of. Yeah. And so... I have so much compassion for that, actually, mm-hmm. because I do believe that we we have pain in our life often that just isn't even allowed to come to the surface and so we we aren't uh even aware sometimes of the pain that we're in by saying what i mean by isn't allowed to come to the surface it's so hard the pain is so hard on us that our psyche like takes over and doesn't let it come to the surface because it would be too much to handle it's too overwhelming and so then we are living in a constant state of denial to our true selves and knowing who we really are because we cannot cope with that pain. And let me just offer uh, some hope in that situation. As 
it just goes exactly to what you're talking about, listening to God and living in freedom. Trusting God with your process, your pain process, is absolutely vital because he knows the best way for your body and your mind to go step by step by step to heal from painful things. And, and sometimes he uses people or counselors or therapists to help with that, and you have to trust that process too. But if we, if I, and I've done this a lot of times through my life and I'm in a uh, you know, recent also situation where I'm following the Lord step by step on things that keep me from living my true self or even knowing my true self, and as I trust him and listen to his thoughts and, and walk into uh, a memory or uh, some kind of painful past situation and let him come into that situation and tell me the truth and help me unpack that, it's not overwhelming. It's right. so beautiful. But w if I try to do it myself, I definitely do it wrong. <laughs> right. I get overwhelmed. We self, we're and essentially, I, we're self-medicating. and. Well, I, I, I'm even talking about the process of trying to right. heal. Mm -hmm. Like if you try to take care of your own healing process, I, I'll just speak from my own personal experience. When I think I know what I'm doing and try to heal from my own painful process, I usually make it worse because I am, again, just reacting to the pain instead of actually going to the core of the issue and so i'm just trying to offer hope yeah. the character of god like we talked about last week God's you have to redeemer, learn right you have yeah. to learn the character of god that he wants to redeem a situation he wants your heart to be healed he wants us to live in freedom we just looked up a whole bunch of verses on freedom and it's prevalent in the old and new testament there's psalms and proverbs mm -hmm. and situations where god wants us to live I'm trying to wrap it back around to mm -hmm. what you said, that that God's goal for us is to live in perfect freedom with him, for him to guide us into life where we don't feel any hindrances of doing whatever it is he's leading us to. And sometimes that leading isn't a doing. Sometimes that leading is a being and just being in relationship with him mm -hmm. and, and finding comfort and... Uh, resolution and problem solving and complete compassion I with him so there yeah. now that's my full enchilada freedom <laughs> there you go well <laughs> definition that that brings up an interesting thought to me which is okay so we've talked about alcohol or drugs and we can go into pornography and uh, just even god you know think about all the things that people head into that they get trapped in, and even stuff like gossip and bitterness and anger mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. uh, resentment, focusing on themselves or the resentment Narcissism. of what's happened to each other, to others, or what others did to them, and mm -hmm. they live their lives wallowing in that. But here's one of the problems that I th see. This is where I think this is one of the key focuses of us at Grace World, which is recognizing that we are both good, wonderfully created. God desires us and love us, loves us. But in this world, we may be flawed. And if we're not as a body of believers willing to embrace the flaws and lovingly 
help those with flaws, people will do the fall. What happens is people run from the church rather than to the church because what we do is we tend to judge those people rather than say, yeah, that's a problem. How can we help? What can we do for you? We love you. We appreciate you. We recognize you're having difficulties, but we still embrace you and love you. And I think that's one and of have the... And have a message of... Of hope uh, and actual... Goodness, <laughs> right. yeah, to, to actually help each other along instead of just we love you and accept you, but you can't be... Anyway. Yeah, there's a lot of... And that's difficult because we're hitting into a lot of new things in that territory. But even... You know, I think about getting together in small groups at church and other stuff where a lot of times it doesn't feel like you have the freedom to be real about what's going on in your life. Okay, so stop, stop, stop. Okay. What does that mean? You don't have the freedom to be real. So what it is is I think rather than being able to say, hey, I'm struggling or I need help with this, the tendency, I would say in a lot, not all churches, the tendency in much of the church is I need to put on the face of everything is good and my life is together. So two things happen is one is I, rather than going to get help, I instead need to hide. This is goes back to Adam and Eve. When they sinned, what they do? They went and hid in the bushes because they had shame. And what we need to do is break away from the shame. I use the word sin. The shame of sin, allow it to be exposed, come into the light so that we can have healing. And even not even just sin, but the mistakes, the failings, and I mean, they all roll up, I suppose, as sin. But how do we get healed is exposure, which is, and, th and we're only safe for exposure when we know that we're loved. Yeah, in right? a safe place. In a safe place where we know that we are loved and honored in spite of our flaws which is supposed to be the church which is what we should be as the church which is a life-giving body of grace where the messages of jesus christ loves you is drawing you near has taken away all your sins as far as he's concerned he sees you restored whole and good and he tries to bring you into that position if we will enter into it and sometimes we're more of the problem keeping people from that mm -hmm. than rather than inviting people into that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, you know, if we look about, again, uh, freedom. Yeah, let's get back to freedom. The position of the church <laughs> should be let's bring people to freedom. Okay. Sometimes it's let's tell people what's wrong with them. And it doesn't mean we don't have an opinion about what's right and wrong. We should. But that opinion should not, and even truth, I don't even want to say it's just an opinion. There is truth, but that doesn't mean I treat people as something less because I know they're doing something wrong. Right. If you are treating people as something, in my opinion, as something less because they're doing something wrong, you don't know God. Right. Because Be God does not do that. Yeah, I mean, look at Jesus' example, right, with the woman caught in adultery. What did he do? He goes to her to embrace her. Was he endorsing what she did? No. 
but he recognized, yep, this was a problematic situation. In fact, he probably saw the manipulation that went on in there. and you know, Of course he did. Yeah, all that kind of stuff. But what he did was invited her to, would you like to step into freedom from this? And he offered her freedom from, in that case, actually death. They wanted to put her to death. Right, they were going to stone her. Yeah. But instead, Jesus brought her freedom. So this is, to me, the excitement of living in true grace. Like, there's something I always think of is you can tell a person's understanding of forgiveness of how forgiven they are by how they treat other people with forgiveness. If you don't think God's forgiven you and you don't think God really loves you, you'll tend to treat people in a manner that's not very forgiving or that's hesitant. You know, it's like, I remember, I don't know how many times there are people say, I mean, this is Christians will say, well, I'll forgive them if they apologize or they really mean it or they really have changed. And it's like, well, the example of Christ was while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Forgiveness is a proactive thing. It's not a conditional response based on somebody being good enough it means i will forgive i will forego what you have done because of who i am and what christ has done not because of what i expect to get out of you and that's true love true grace unconditional love so here's a question Mm -hmm. this might be a rabbit trail so you can pull me back into it bunnies in our yard Uh, that is true we have a baby bunny in our yard that's so stinking cute. There's a huge rabbit trail. And I cannot for the life of me keep chasing him out because he's so cute, even though I know he's going to eat all my plants. And he's not We even had a conversation this morning. He still will be cute. Not anyway. See, now I think I forgot. No, here's my question. Okay. You said, going back to my idea of, of people responding out of pain, do you think... That if somebody has the mindset, well, I used to have the mindset, I'll say that, of I'm not going to forgive you unless you're really repentant or you really mean it or I finally feel like you've groveled enough or blah, blah, blah. Again, I don't think you, I would say you're not really understanding the, the, you're, uh, Mm-hmm, sorry, the under you're not really understanding the forgiveness of God on you mm-hmm. if you do not forgive. That was my that was my experience. I did not realize the vastness and the the deepness of God's forgiveness on me, and that's why mm-hmm. I was holding that. So here's my true question: I think people are respond if they respond that way, um, possibly are either in pain mm-hmm. or don't understand what the forgiveness of of God really how deep that really goes Mm -hmm. do you think God is experiencing pain when people don't accept his forgiveness because I think I think (laughs) we experience pain and that's when we don't offer forgiveness experience pain when we don't receive I think he certainly has minimally okay, okay okay so this this is this is what I okay. am experimenting Where with. Are you into God's here? emotions. Uh-huh. Okay, that's what I'm experimenting with. 
God loved us so much that even while mm-hmm. we were sinners, even while we were so unaware of him, so not accepting, probably even angry, it, I'm sure many people are angry at God, he still forgave, he still loves. Does it cause him pain to do that in spite of our response? I don't think so. But mm. if I say I don't think so, then I have to negate that God has negative. Uh, negative emotions. I probably shouldn't even use the word negative. Yeah, I don't know if that's a negative emotion. To have is pain a negative emotion? Well, oh, I don't know if I'd use the word pain. I don't know. It's like sorrow. I don't. Um, there yeah, is all sorts of verses in the Old Testament about various emotions of God like that. Um, so. Oh, because here's why I want to know. Okay, what's your so he's what's the point behind the let's point? Let's say that God really is sad. About the people that say no to him. Right. And I don't think he's emo walking around moping or something. That's exactly where I'm going. Okay. He still forgives us even in his sorrow, even in his sadness. His love consumes. I mean, he is love. That is his true nature. God is love. God is not emotions. But perhaps God experiences emotions and still, because of his love, offers always the goodness. Yeah. And that's the example. The reason I want to, I'm always thinking about, all right, God, who are you? And how do you respond to us if we're in relationship? I want, he's, he's the ultimate model, right? We are learning about him so that we can learn about our character, our character, right. because we are made in his image. And if we're having a relationship with him, I want my relationship to be based on truth and the truth of who God is. Mm-hmm. And I want to mirror that back to him and relate to him like he's relating to me. I'm not trying to be God. I'm not trying yeah. to be Jesus, but I am trying to understand it so that I can trust him with exposure so if he's sad at me because of my maybe a besetting sin or something but he still loves me i can also do that right yeah and i yeah and i think here's where maybe we'll tune up some terminology or something or way first of all god is god is love he doesn't just experience (laughs) love he doesn't just love he he is love so when he looks upon us he looks with a love that's a purity and something that we only get glimpses of when we watch, even when we watch, you know, we hopefully can express that and start to be that. That's where I'm headed. Yes. Now we can obviously want to. Can we be love? If yes. we are made in God's image. Absolutely. Can we now be love? Now, let me, let me finish the other part okay, of that. Okay, okay. I don't think he looks upon the, the, let's call it the negatives in our life with disappointment like i'm so dis okay he's not doing this i'm so disappointed with you i'm really disappointed and nor do i think he has a sorrow that controls him like oh i'm so messed up because of what the i mean somehow there is a perfection in his love that sees you can still feel something in there of the I guess we can use the word pain, but um, or unbelief, the, the sorrow over what you over the failures, and I think he does enter into our sorrows, 
but I don't think he's controlled by our sorrows or manipulated by our sorrows. And so his goal is always to bring us more into the love. So I don't, in other words, I don't think that's a dominant um, characteristic or thing that's happening. Okay. So then, mm-hmm. if that is the case, and I believe, I, I believe you, I'm agreeing with you, mm-hmm. we can also forgive even if the other person hasn't asked for our forgiveness. Right. And this is, here's the key. God loves because he knows the purpose of us. So he's given us a purpose, a destiny, value, all these things, and he sees us for who we are. And so his love is based on, I made you this way. I have redeemed you. I have, you know, fearfully and wonderfully made you, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All those good things. And so when he gazes upon even our failures, it's like watching a toddler fall. It's like, let me pick you up. Let's go because I'm going to take you somewhere. And I think the same thing is when we can start to see people as God does, then we start to have the same heart that God has for people. So when people disappoint us, when people do us wrong, if our reaction to them is, oh, that guy did us wrong, I get this and whatever, then we're operating apart from God. We're not seeing them as God sees them. And are we perhaps in bondage? I think we are, yeah, because we're allowing the emotions of other people to essentially control our lives. Right. So we are now in bondage to the opinions, the actions of other people. So as long as we react, then we are in bondage. Mm-hmm. We can respond in freedom. Which would look like? Well, let's come up with a hypothetical situation. Someone offends me and says something nasty or posts something about me or something that offends me. I can. Is it s- offensive because? Maybe just because I disagree with it or I think or it's so Or maybe it's personal. Or, or what maybe it's even if it is personal. Let's say it is personal. Yeah. I can go, wow, they have a misunderstanding of me. I mean, gosh, if I think of the number of people who don't understand me, that's kind of most people. Oh, <laughs> 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 It's like there's a lot of people that don't understand what my heart is. So either I don't communicate it well or people make presumptions or both. So Probably I think both. all of the above. Okay. Um, to be honest, we've had difficulties with that. Mm-hmm. Where you and I have misunderstood each other because we I don't ever something. misunderstand. No. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. I love you. I love you. I I'm love giving you an opportunity <laughs> to respond <laughs> appropriately. <laughs> so. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so, so you can respond. You can respond to that person. Right. Because part of it is our heart in the we want validation from other people. And that's not a bad thing, except when you allow that to um, become controlling. I mean, it's not wrong to say I would like people to like me. That's a good thing. It's good it's to say. It's called favor with men. Yeah. I would like people to think I'm swell and wonderful and that what I do is right and good. Mm-hmm. And when they don't, usually that means... I'm doing something wrong or they misunderstand me. And often 
we want to rectify that, you right, know. Right. And that can become very controlling. I mean, I think of uh, we've been watching Frasier lately, mm-hmm. and the he's one of those show. when he sees something wrong or that somebody misunderstands him, he just cannot let it go. He mm-hmm. has to hunt them down mm-hmm. and just say, no, no, this is what it's really like. This is what's really going, you know, and it's it just drives him insane that someone would not think of him in a manner that he wants to be thought of. Mm-hmm. And that's not a healthy place to be because it means other people control your life. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think about this in prison. I was, I was teaching there and some guy was talking about uh, dealing with guys that had insulted him and stuff like that. Of, you know, how do I not react to that when some guy comes up to my face and insults me? Mm-hmm. You know, and I said, well, if somebody insults you and that offends you, what you're really saying is, I respect you and honor your opinion. And your opinion is of such value that it wounds me that you would have <laughs> a bad opinion of me. So you have just put, elevated this person into a position of authority over you Mm -hmm. to where their opinion controls you. Mm -hmm. Like, this is a guy you don't even like. Mm -hmm. And, okay, so now let's take that from somebody you don't like to somebody you do like. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, if I'm around my wife and she gets, says something, I either have to go, wow. I need to either let that slide and go, maybe that was an offhand something or a misunderstood thing. Or if it repeats, maybe we need to say, hey, is there something going on here? Mm-hmm. What's what's happening? But I don't have to deal with it. Well, how much I deal with it is based on what my relationship is, right? So people on the street, I don't need to deal with their opinions. People on the Internet. I don't need to worry about their opinions of me, except my listeners here. We all care. No. <laughs> <laughs> you can email us your opinions. Yes. But, you know, the further away somebody is, the less you need to be concerned. And nowhere do you need to be fully concerned. But if you're in an intimate relationship, your spouse, close friends, close family, and there's stuff going on, you need to say, Okay, is there something I need to follow up and pursue Mm -hmm. to try to make this right? Or is it just I need to let this go and see what God does? And I guess the answer is always listen to the Holy Spirit. He'll tell you what to do with that. But it's very easy to allow the things of other people to bring you into bondage. Because, I mean, I've known people who... Man, they work so hard at vindication to convince other people, I was right, I was right, I was right. And it's like, okay, whatever, you were right, you know. But it's like, how important is that to you? Well, let's just take the example of Jesus, shall we? Mm -hmm. How many times was he falsely accused? Mm -hmm. And... I, and he was right. One of the things that he I appreciate. He was called a drunkard. He was called, you know, whichever side that everybody was on, he was always on the other side. Yes, I appreciate that Jesus and God, God was giving Jesus all of his thoughts, you know, and whatever. Um, he was so clever. Mm-hmm. He would use parables or he would come up with a, a phrase like back to the woman that was caught in adultery. 
and the and the way that he turned that situation on its head. But he didn't have to say to those guys, you big meanies, you're all a bunch of hypocrites. Put your stones down. He wasn't direct like that. Mm-hmm. He always found a way to get to the heart or the core of the issue and and bring the accusations into full light of what the accusations really were. And then the people that were ready and open to be loved, he loved them in that situation. And the people that were not ready and open to be loved, they would just go away. They would walk mm-hmm. away or they would, you know, go, probably walk away in a huff. Tried to the Pharisees. I mean, they would many times turned away and plotted how to kill him. Yeah. So, but even when they did, when they got to the ultimate false accusation of saying that he says that he is the son of God and that's blasphemy, so now we're going to kill him, he still didn't try to prove himself right. Right. He went fully, willingly, with purpose to the cross and even forgave them. Mm-hmm. Did it make him sad? Probably. Sure was his with that. <laughs> was he in some serious pain? You know it. But, but I he understood the truth. He understood the, the truth and he said, Father, forgive them. They don't even know what they're doing. He saw their core made in the image of God purpose, even though they didn't. So this is a great point you're bringing up is we will have people will bring offense mm-hmm. into our lives. So that will happen. But the question is, do we receive it, let it take hold in our lives and become a root of bitterness or a wound? Mm-hmm. That we have control over. Mm-hmm. We don't have control over whether or not somebody does something offensive. Right. Because we have G- control over whether it sinks and le- has a... Is it Dan Moeller says, as long as I don't give it a landing strip. Right. So if there's no landing strip, the accusations don't land. Right. And that's where we need to be. So let's look at, let's wrap this up and say, so let's talk about freedom, right? It's Independence Day. So how do we live in freedom? Number one, we need to know who we are in Christ. Number Mm. two, I think we need to know, we need to have confidence in that relationship with God. With God. And that's based on his character. Mm-hmm. We need to know that he is good mm-hmm. and that he has good in mind for us. And so I invite you to hang with us more to learn more about that, get into the word, study it, whatever it takes to to discover that if you haven't seen that yet. Right. Or call us, right? Whatever. Do whatever it takes to get to that point. Yeah, and just meditate on freedom this mm-hmm. week. Freedom um Of course, you know, in your patriotism and what was the cost for our freedom in this country, but then also the cost of freedom in our spirit, in our soul. Um, I'll I'll just do a little segue back to the slaves from our country. And uh, we used to, when I was a music teacher in the school, we would teach um, spirituals to the kids. the songs of the slaves and so many of those songs prove that even in the bondage that those uh, people from Africa were in under the cruel American um, the cruelty of American colonization at some level those people were uh, many of them lived free probably Mm -hmm. more free than the actual their owners or their masters 
in their spirit they were free and and it sh- comes out in their music mm-hmm. and so um i think that's a great example for us that we we can live free even though we might be under some kind of physical bondage whether it's uh a health problem in our body, whether it's maybe a boss or a senior, a, per, a person in seniority over us who really doesn't get us and doesn't treat us well. Maybe it's even a spouse that um, you're just not in alignment and you can't get past some of the disagreements, but you in your spirit, you can be free to love and free to to flow in the whole the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, and let that come out in your, um, in your music or in your mm-hmm. demeanor or in the way that you respond to people. That is you living in freedom. Excellent. Hey, I want to say um, we will post a whole bunch of verses uh, with uh, on the website. Okay. So to give, um, if you just want some. I mean, the Google search is pretty easy, but we'll post some freedom verses. And I am going to just meditate on this this week and as we celebrate Independence Day and let some of that scripture and the truth of freedom with God seep into your soul and be free. Hallelujah. Amen. You'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Give us a, an email at podcast at grace.world. You can call us at 833-85-GRACE. You can go visit us at grace.world. You can actually, I've started an Instagram post called True Grace World. You can go on there yep. and get encouragement on a regular basis. And subscribe to our email update. Mm-hmm. And that also, if you go to the website, it'll have all the links to everything twitter and instagram and all those kind of things so thanks for listening we love you